Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 7. Here's Pastor Ryan. Hey, so the release party is going to be really cool here. The worship night release party. Bring your lawn chair and just come and hang out. So many people are coming to our church from other churches. Other worship teams are coming to do worship here. So it's going to be a big jubilee. And, you know, I mean, we're new to this church. You know, it's just we just bought the place, you know, thank God. And so we can also, you know, celebrate that together and just praise the Lord under the stars. Amen. So that's going to be a good thing. And for you brothers that are here, uh, join us at our men's breakfast. That's always a good time, and, and it's grown over the years, and it's just a sweet time for us to get together. So if you haven't been to our men's breakfast, they are awesome. There's The food is outstanding. The fellowship is killer. And um, we're going through A.W. Tozer's book, uh, A Voice of a Prophet, which, I mean, he's passed away. He, he, he went to be with the Lord in the 60s, and that book... I mean, it's as if he wrote it yesterday. It's so amazingly relevant for our times today. It's all about just being soldierly for the Lord and and being watchful in these last days and not, uh, you know, uh, being just a Christian that uh, is a Christian who... Who, who, who looks at Christianity as it, it just being a club or a social event. But really, you know, we're the Church of Christ. We're here to make an impact on a world that is uh, about to be judged. So we need to be girded up and ready to share the truth to them. Amen. So come out, men, on that, on that day. It's a special time. Um, turn with me in your Bibles, please, to the book of Romans, chapter 7. It's the book of Romans, chapter 7. We'll be beginning in verse 21 uh, this morning. Amen. And Father, we thank you again for your grace, your love, and your mercy. That's new every day, Lord. We just thank you so much for loving us, for giving us your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins. Lord, and on the third day, you raised him from the dead. And he's at your right hand, interceding for us now. And so, Lord Jesus, we ask you, pray for us, pray for us, that as we study, Lord, we would gain your heart and gain your understanding, Lord. And so give us humble hearts to receive what the Spirit is saying to the church this morning, Lord. Pour out your grace. Holy Spirit, guide us, Lord. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. All right, so Romans chapter 7, verse 21. As you know, in chapter 6, the Lord uh, declares to those who believe in Jesus Christ that that, uh, our old man, or our old woman, the, the old life has been crucified with Christ, that the body of sin uh, might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves uh, of sin. And so uh, that the, the Christian doctrine of what God does with sin on the cross is a beautiful one. It, it says that when Jesus died uh, for the sins of mankind, he, he took our place on the cross as we know he took the wrath of god that should have been for our sins he took it upon himself he forgives us his blood washes us clean of our sin we are we are made 
uh, holy and new through his blood. Amen. That's what he did on the cross. But what he also did on the cross was he defeated sin's power and ability to dominate men's lives. Right? Sin doesn't, can't dominate anymore as it did before we came to know Jesus. And that is, you know, Christian doctrine 101. That is the gospel message. Christ, Jesus, when he was alive, he walked and preached in Galilee and his message was clear it was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand he preached the message of repentance that we need to change and accept him for who he is right repentance is what he preached and and the and that's a gospel message that we can change that we can be different and so no matter what lives we lived before we met Jesus no matter how Uh, bad we were no matter how rough our life was no matter how terrible the sins that were done to us or that we did to others no matter how terrible our sins were uh, towards God and man in Christ we can be different we can be totally new uh, people that's the gospel and we can only do that because Jesus you know removes the ability of sin to dominate a person's life but you must have faith in jesus christ amen and that's big that's what we preach to the lost that you can be different we can preach to anybody that no matter the life you are living now god can change you as he changed me as he changed you because he died to to uh defeat sin's power and ability ability to dominate however in chapter 7 We read that though we are no longer slaves to sin, uh, sin still dwells in our flesh, and thus it is a struggle for all of us. So when one is born again, we are born again from the inside out, right? His spirit comes in us. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are born again. But our bodies, these bodies are, are, are the same bodies, and they're growing old like everybody else's bodies and growing weaker as we go on and go on we have not received a new body but one day we're going to receive a new body that's going to be with us in eternity amen but while we're here though we're saved though we're cleansed though we're made righteous though his spirit is in us we struggle with the sin of our flesh and the wickedness that dwells in our members. And that's what it says in chapter 7 of Romans, that there's a continual struggle because of our flesh, because of these bodies that we are, we are in. And Paul writes that the law of God is good, which it is indeed. The law of God is good because it tells us what God thinks of what is right and what God thinks of what is bad. There it is. God God instructs us by his law, this is good, this is bad. And so Paul said that the law of God is good, it is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Beautiful that Paul would say that, like the law is good, but I'm bad. That's what he's saying here, I'm bad, my, my, I'm carnal, I'm sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells 
in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For, it, for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. And so Paul says, there's something going on with me I don't understand. Which is really uh, the feelings of, of most of us when we came to know Jesus, right? Like when, when, you, when we accept Christ, his spirit comes in us. We, we are filled with joy and love that God has forgiven us. We are awakened spiritually for the first time in our lives. And as we go on, we, we, we notice something that way they're, they're still with us present. This sin nature that wants to creep up that comes from our flesh, right? So, so we, we we're like, wait a minute, Lord, I love you. I, I, I'm brand new. I'm filled with the spirit, but I, I still sense within me a battle. And that's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. It's something that the world does not understand, nor do they ever deal with. That's something that Christians deal with because the spirit of God comes in us, but we're still in these bodies that are fleshly and sinful. And so that's, that's Christian doctrine. That is what Paul is saying here. It's like the things that I, that I do not want to do, I find myself doing. And the things that I, that, that I want to do, I don't do those things. And so he, he's saying this, you know, that he's carnal, sold under sin. You know, and he says, but it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So he acknowledges there's this, this different entity here. There's me and then there's my flesh. There's me and then there's my flesh. Brings me hope, right? Have you ever, you know, said or, or done something or thought something completely out of your new character? Yeah, right? Obviously, right? You're a new creation, but yet, you know, something will come in your mind. You're just like, oh, Lord. Or, or you'll say something in the flesh and you'll say, oh, Lord. Or do something. Oh, Lord, how could I? You know? It's good to understand that. That really wasn't you. That's your flesh. And it's okay to say that. You're not, we're not excusing sin at all. The flesh, we're just understanding that we are new creations in Christ. We are spiritual beings. However, we're in these bodies. And we're, if we don't put that body in check, people will see the old us and not the new us. And the old man and the old woman is trying to come up from the grave. And it needs to be crucified with the Lord. So Paul is saying here, you know, but now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. You know, it's okay for a spouse to say, that wasn't you to the spouse who said something wrong. That was your flesh. That's merciful. Or to a friend, that wasn't you. That was your flesh. That's merciful. What's not merciful is that's who you are. That's who you are. No, we're not that anymore. We just got fleshed out. For I know that uh, what is in me, that is in my flesh, Paul would write, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do I do not do, but the evil that I will not to do that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin uh, that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against me, 
against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death. And so Paul is saying that in his experience, there is a law that he has learned in his time walking as a Christian, walking with the Lord. There's a law that that as he tries to do good, that evil is present with him. Why? Because our bodies, you notice, they follow us wherever we go, don't they? Right? We're not in here as spirits. The, our bodies are here. Until I get a new body... It, It'll try to get us into trouble. And Paul is saying, I find, you know, the will to do good, but, you know, my flesh. What's in it is evil. It's not good. And, and so Paul is letting us see into his own personal struggles with sin. Right? That's what is, this is, this is outstanding, right? That, that the great apostle to the Gentiles, this one who saw Jesus himself on the road to Damascus, that Jesus trained himself, this great apostle is letting us in and showing us his struggles with sin. That should bring us all hope, right? If the apostle Paul, you know, dealt with, with struggling in his flesh and sin, then there's hope for all of us. He sounds so frustrated, doesn't he? Like, oh, wretched man that I am. Who can help me, right? He sounds so despondent, right? Like he's, he's, he's you know, sounds spiritually hopeless, if you will. He does. And he gives us all hope that he, this great apostle, struggles like all of us do. And he's struggling, he struggled with the flesh. And we, we didn't define it last time, but I'll, I'll define it today. Some of the manifestations of the flesh from Galatians 5.19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so I mention these manifestations just so that we have a reference point. I'm not saying that Paul was practicing those things, but what Paul is saying that, like, he wants to do good, but in his flesh, right, Sin is trying to, you know, stir itself up to take my mind captive is what he's saying. That there's a battle for my mind and my flesh is trying to, you know, get my mind to think upon things like these things, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's his thought life that is being attacked by his flesh. Satan's not mentioned here. The world isn't mentioned here. This is his flesh, his body. In the same way, that's how serious a problem our flesh, our bodies are to who? To ourselves. It must be dealt with. Because there's nothing good that dwells in our flesh. Nothing good at all. And it's common for all of us. This isn't just a Paul the Apostle problem. It's for all of us. James would say in his epistle, chapter 4, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? 
You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Where, did, where does all this strife come from? Where does all this arguing come from? Where does all this sin come from? It comes from the members of our flesh. It's our flesh, our bodies. James says it here, and it's all of us deal with it. All of us go through it. There's, there's no one that is not dealing with it. Everyone in this room, if you've accepted Christ, have that battle. And the remedy, he says here in verse 25 of chapter 7, or verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus is the remedy to put our flesh in its place. Jesus is the key to victory. And though Paul sounded despondent, here he's thanking God, like his response to Jesus being the remedy, the answer to his flesh is to praise God. Like he's praising God that all of that flesh isn't going to dominate me because of Jesus. I thank Jesus because Jesus has, uh, you know, disarmed the power of the flesh or sin to dominate us. Does that make sense? It's a lot of doctrine. I mean, I'm saying a lot, but, you know, he's, it, Jesus is the remedy. Thank you, Jesus, that we can be different. Thank you, Jesus, that we can put our flesh in check and walk in the spirit. You know, and, 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 and some of us come from, from, you know, we all come from different backgrounds. We all deal with things differently. Some people are, are naturally more patient. Others are, are less patient. Some are, you know, more outgoing. Some are introverted. I mean, we're all different. So when we deal with our flesh, it's, at, it's different, different levels, because we're different people and complicated people at that. So I look at me, and you can look at you, and it's like, yeah, you know, depending on your background, your environment, all those things, they all play into, into how our flesh is and messes with us. But... It's the flesh, and Jesus is the remedy. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, Paul says. And, and so in order to let the Lord uh, deal and be the remedy for our flesh, I think we have to be as honest as Paul was with himself. Amen? We see Paul here, you know, he had, he's honest with himself. He's letting us know, look, I'm, you know, the evil I will not to do, that I practice. I mean, he's being candid. He's being honest. Like, this, these are struggles that I have in my flesh. And in order for Jesus to be the remedy, we have to be honest with ourselves. Like, we have these issues as Paul had these issues. He had a good self-awareness when it came to his own fleshly struggles. He, 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 he knew what was going on with Paul. Paul knew what was going on with Paul. He judged himself rightly. And if we're going to be healed of our flesh, we should admit some things to God and to ourselves, right? Oh, Lord, I got to fill in the blank. Bad temper, tendency to lust or covet or envy, whatever you're dealing with. Lord, this is my flesh, Lord. 
I'm dealing with this, to be honest with yourself of your problems. It's, it's the right thing to do. It's biblical. Paul would write to the Corinthian church in the first letter, chapter 11, verse 31, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. If we would judge ourselves, look in the mirror, examine yourself. Is how we respond to people like Jesus? Is how we behave like Jesus? Is how we think like Jesus? If what we say, if the things that we say, are they Christ-like? Would Christ do the things that we're doing, the things that we're saying? I mean, that's, that's self-awareness. We, we should be honest with God and say, these are my problems. Help me be different. Help me to be more like Jesus. But if you say, oh, you know, I really don't have too much to really, you know, I'm kind of right there. No, you're not right there. What you have is, is self-righteousness and pride, which is worse than having a bad temper. Self-righteousness? Oh, I'll check in with you tomorrow, Lord, because today I have nothing to repent of? Are you kidding me? We all have things that God is trying to, to work out of us and work into us. And in my 22 years of walking with the Lord, that's what he's been doing the whole time, is trying to deal with, with the old man and trying to get that out. You know, and, 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 and old attitudes and worldly attitudes. And, you know, and, and he's been so gracious as a loving father and, and, you know, helping me and being patient with me. And, you know, other times chasing me and other, you know, sometimes light, sometimes harder. Depends. We can be more like Christ if we're more willing to yield to what he's teaching us. If we're a little hard headed, it, it might take a lot longer. But how quick do we want to be more like Jesus? And how quick do we want our prayers to be answered? We take our time being like Jesus and we'll say, oh, well, I'm different and I'll get there when I get there. You know, I, I believe that God was is like, you know, yeah, well, I'll get there when I get there by the prayers that you're asking me to answer. I'll get there when I get there. I mean, God is, is our king and our father and he loves us. But we need to let him make those changes and get, the, you know, that flesh out. He is the remedy, but we need to be honest. There are people who struggle in being honest with their sinful condition and thus can never really be healed of their fleshly tendencies. We need to be honest with God and ourselves if we are going to be victorious against the flesh. It doesn't help anything if we deny that we have these struggles or to deny that we have sin. I mean, what is our issue? Let God know so that we can change. But we've all met people who, who they have a problem and no one sees it. I mean, everyone else sees it but them. Everyone sees it but them. I think as a Christian, you know, like our guard should be down. We're, we're naked before God. Like we're, we, there's no hiding from him. I, yes, Lord, busted, I am that. Will you help me? That honesty, I am that. I can be arrogant. I can be prideful. I can be lazy. I can make excuses. I can be simple. You know, it's like just, you know, what do we got to lose? We've already given him our heart. Let's speak truth to him about our condition so that we change. And even with our sins, the Bible says there's some of those sins that we can confess to one another that we might be healed. You know, no, I don't have a problem. All right. And they don't change. They're the same person. 
People see them and not Jesus. Is that how Jesus is? Like that? No, he's awesome. Let's show him how awesome, let's show people how awesome our God is by letting God develop us, change us from the inside out. But we have to be honest. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 1 John 1, 8. We've all sinned. We all have changes that God wants to make in our lives. There is no shame in being honest with ourselves. Again, it's necessary to be healed. I mean, look at what Paul cries out, oh, wretched man that I am. There's some Christians who never say that about themselves. They're, they're blinded by their pride. But when we're honest with ourselves and with God, that's the conclusion generally we come to on a daily basis. Oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, wretched man. Like that's every day. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.